Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his genes from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. Gus. Oh, he's got onions. Gus. He's got onions. What's up, everyone? Week 7 of the Big East Ballroom is live. We're coming to you the day after Christmas, December 26th. Ryan, I've seen you the last three days. What do you want? I want to say Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Thank Happy you so Annika. much Merry Kwanzaa. for pulling up a stool with us during the holiday season. Uh, I hope that everybody you know, got a little bit of Big East love during the holiday season. I know I did, courtesy of my brother, um... I got some good Big East. You had goodies. a good holiday season, courtesy of your brother. No, I got that's some, really nice. Some good Big East merchandise. That's appreciated. That's you know, mom should t- tune into this one. See where we made it, ma. Anyhow, um, we only had six games to talk about. I think you said six yes. games because of weird scheduling going on, right? Yeah, Every it's probably, once. probably the slowest week since before Feast Week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a little bit of lull here right during the holiday season, which is probably good. You know, you want the kids to be home. Um, so you had no games Christmas Eve, and you just had one game on Christmas. Um, you want to know what I'll say? I'm thankful for off the bat. Something that got me worried last year is we were closing down um, programs left and right during this week um, for COVID concerns. And I have not heard of any plans. Watch, this could age poorly. But, um, you know, it doesn't feel like the carpet can be pulled out from under you any day now. I agree. Last season, we, were, we barely got through it. And... Um, this season has been a lot smoother. So I think the last I had heard was a closure one, with URI. Is that one it? game is the URI. I had to check a few games because last week they said canceled, but um, all storm related. Yeah. So which is totally, I mean, hopefully everyone's okay, but totally normal to have those. But that's why you play basketball indoors. You yes. Know, that's the. But you positive. can't travel there. Yeah. So, um, so we started on Tuesday this week and with three games, and then we had a 1 1 1 and 1. So. Ryan, which way are we talking about this? You have a way we're doing it. First, I wanted to give a shout out. Um, Left Coast Pirate, you have been helping us a lot with some of the um, some logistics of this. Um, so we're going to try a few extra things. Keep reaching out and telling us how to make it smoother. Um, trust me, you don't come across as an asshole. We're just trying to figure out the best listening experience we can give you while still being true to ourselves. So... Left Coast Pirate, just wanted to give you a shout-out. You've been really helpful, um, and we've been communicating a lot um, with that kind of stuff. So that's what I wanted to say before we got started. A lot of you have been very helpful. The amount – let me – you know what? I'm going to say it again. The Christmas season, um, you guys have given us a lot recently. Our downloads, our interactions, our followers, our – some of the cool things and people we've been able to reach out to – uh, that's a lot of because of you guys. So, um, not to get too mushy, but I do just want to say thank you to everybody who does that because, you know, yes, we do this just because it's two brothers sitting on a couch having a beer and talking college basketball. But, you know, we do like that. You know, you guys seem to kind of like what we're doing. 
yeah, we love talking with you guys. Um, it's such a blessing to be able to do this, to have the opportunity and, um, you know, to interact with you guys. You make it worth it. If we were just talking out into empty space, we wouldn't keep doing it. But it's because you keep writing us. We might keep doing it. We might keep doing it. But it wouldn't be nearly as fun. Uh, but it's because you guys talk to us, comment on our stuff, you know, DM us, all that stuff. We have a ton of fun talking Big East basketball. That's why we're here. All right, right. You have a um, parameters in which we're trying to stay today. Yes. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Perfect, because you made a lot of enemies last week with ugly coaches. I was wrong. Um, you hear that? And, and I'm, you know, I'm going through some training. My girlfriend, she's like, she's showing me pictures, and there's like a whole education aspect to it. As to so who the hot coach is. I'm going to get better, guys. So, uh, trust me. Heard but, that if Rick Patino enters, we would have had to redo this the show. That's what people are saying. As most handsome. As, I'm just saying, people said we'd have to redo the show. Anyhow, for this week, let's do cities that host one of the biggest teams that you most want to visit. All right. And so I'm going to come at this with a bias because I'm not just going to pick the city. But I do think it's fitting that the team, I, the place I most enjoy visiting out of all of these is Washington, D.C., which houses the Georgetown Hoyas. So, okay. You want to put two and a half on the clock, Rye? I can do that. And I can speak fluently on this, but we're going to have different points of view because I was in Gamble for this UConn-Georgetown matchup in which Georgetown, I texted you at one point and said, Georgetown is going to win this game today. Um, one of the things I wanted to also give a shout out, Primo Spears is from Connecticut. The amount of people who came out to watch Primo Spears play basketball on Tuesday was kind of inspiring and um, really cool to see, even though I am a massive UConn fan. Ryan, tell me what you've seen on the TV of Georgetown Hoyas. Well, I think if we're talking Georgetown Hoyas, you're exactly right that you have to start with Primo Spears. And I think Primo Spears, right now, my early hot take in this podcast. Too hot, too hot, too hot. My early take. No. Best tough shot maker in the Big East. Oh, so he's taking Jared Roden's spot? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but Julian I mean, Champagne? Yeah. Um, I think... You know, you watched what he did against UConn, and for the entire game, he was really good, and he kept making shots, but he wasn't open on most of those shots. No, and you know, one of the, his step back um, reminds me of Mr. Walker, who played at UConn. Yep. Um, his ability to get that extra space off there. You know, they played really well. They played okay defensively. Um, they held UConn to 84 points. Um, they were up seven with about 10 minutes to go. Um, and one of the things that we've talked about a lot. Gampo was up for grabs at certain points, and Ewing just let it go a possession too long, and a possession too long, and a possession too long without a timeout. You know, when Calcaterra hits that three, he finally called one, but, you know, I thought there were a few times he could have really controlled the the tempo of that game a little bit more by calling a timeout earlier. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think that he kind of had... UConn's back against... Well, you know, UConn goes into halftime. It was a close game through halftime. But UConn was winning at half. And You then, thought they were going to make it a 15-point game and a half. Well, Georgetown half. must have, you know, had a 14-point swing through the first 10 yep. minutes of the, the second half. And then they just lose it when Joey Calcaterra and Hassan Diara take over that game. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that more when UConn gets there. But but let's talk about a Cook of Cooks homecoming. He was really good. He hit a couple threes. He had that huge block on Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, it was nice to see a Cook come home. Um, he had so many, you know, a lot of injury problems at UConn. Um, I thought the regular sections of the crowd embraced him. I thought the student section, um, while always passionate, maybe always not thinking the same way that everyone is. Um, that block he had, I talked texted you. Um, about it because he helped Jordan Hawkins up and didn't get back on offense. So clear that he still means something to the UConn organization. Yes, a three-pointer! 
I thought this was by far Georgetown's best game of the season. I did. Well, maybe, okay. Counting their wins. Best Big East game of the season. No. Uh, including their wins. Um, they, they did a lot of really good stuff. I would say I'm really interested to see how they build upon it, but I do not have faith in that. So, All right. so which town do you most want to visit next? Uh, second most, I would say, on a normal day, I'll go with St. John's in New York City. Um, now, are you specifically doing Queens, New York City? No, I'm just going to go New York City because that's what I know. I don't know enough about Queens. Yeah, I don't think... Um, wow, that might I, come off poorly. Oh, perhaps sorry. I, did, I don't know enough about it. No, perhaps no. I'm ignorant on Queens. Uh, I know there's a, a story of a lot of Greek food out there. Oh, well, um, I kind of... I really like New York City, and we're going down to Madison Square... I, I'll take Madison Square Garden. That's where they play some of their games. That's fair. It's not where the college is, but we are going down to Madison Square Garden in... February. All right, so from positive things... Did you start the timer? I did, New York City, about New York City, to some negative things about the team that plays there. Played really good first half against Villanova. Ah, uh, we watched this game together. Yep. Um, Villanova goes into the half up four, and I looked at you and I said, I'm not quite sure how that happened, because St. John's had dominated that whole first half, and then they get absolutely um, whatever terminology you want to put in there. They get, you know... Caught with their pants down they just, in the they, second half. No intensity from them. They're just no fight. No, I'm not uh, excuse Joel Soriano from everything I'm going to say. And AJ Starr in this game. Because Joel Soriano is fantastic and he is not the problem. But the rest of the team, they're not fighting. You know, when when they get hit by Villanova, they get punched in the mouth, they just withered. They came out and they played really well. David Jones was fantastic. Joel Soriano to did To start really the well. game, to yes, be clear. To start the game. Because after they were not. David Jones, um, you know, had a couple big moments. Joel Soriano... Um, even Andre Corbello had a couple shots, I believe, that went down for AJ him. AJ Storr looked really good. AJ Storr hit a couple He's of He's a freshman. Shots. Him looking good against Villanova, I think it's really important. I didn't love his defense, but you don't love many defenses on the Johnnies. Um, I don't, you know, maybe I'm just... Posh Alexander's step laterally or backwards has really been the storyline for me from St. John's and their two struggles. Um, because, man, that kid... That kid last year was first team all Big East guard. And this year he doesn't look like I was telling you, he's a he's considered a very good basketball player for someone who doesn't like not even a threat shooting the ball right now. That's a big problem, right? And <laughs> I, I mean when I, I went back and I rewatched this game against Villanova, um, because I had some downtime and I'm a weird. nerd. I'm a, a Big East guy. nerd. And so what you saw a lot of times was that they were just helping off of Pasha Alexander onto the other players, which makes it really hard to run an offense when your point – I mean, unless you have the ball in Pasha Alexander's uh, hand the entire time. But if he's playing off the ball, they're not going to guard him, and now you're just playing two against one. Yeah, I I think one of the things that we didn't think about is Andre Carbello. Well, I think Carbello's been fantastic at certain points this season. Might hurt what Alexander does because Carbello's a – but everybody said Alexander was going to be able to shoot this year. Yeah, that, and I mean, no, he, he can't. He can't, and he's been bad. Um, Mike Anderson also, you know, certain parts of that game was awful. So um, fix it, St. John's, because I want you to be on the bubble. I'm going to take quickly take my victory lap that after the Iowa State game, yes. I, I said the Johnnies are frauds. And I was on the Johnnies. I they are bearing right. that out for me, so I appreciate it. Johnnies making me look good. I didn't think the Johnnies were going to be bad. I'll be honest. I thought the John, I felt, you know, I liked the way they played. Because it's entertaining. Yep. All right. Next most willing place I'd go to visit. 
Yeah, I know what you're thinking because I'm going big city, big city. But I have very much enjoyed my time in Milwaukee. The few times I've been there, got pulled over there once for going around a car. How many times have you been in Milwaukee? uh, At least twice. Once of you. And once to go see our friend Stevie. I don't remember going to Milwaukee. We've been to a Brewers game together. I do like that they love beer. Okay. But we've been to a Brewers game they, But they drink a lot of beer out but there. you got to respect it. we went to a Brewers game together and you were under the age of 21. They'd be great. The whole city could come on the bar room anytime they want. So to be clear, Ryan went to Milwaukee. I don't know why he doesn't We're not it. sure about and that. And I've enjoyed my time. Got pulled over for going around a guy. Cop let me off. Said I let one guy off a day. I said, it's 12.01, sir. He said, I feel bad for the rest of the guys this today. Let's put two and a half on the clock and talk uh, Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles played one game this week, and they lost 98-103 to to the Providence Friars, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. Um, this game went in a double overtime. Early contender for Big East game of the year. Fantastic game. Let's talk Tyler Kolick to start off. How many points? <sighs> Tyler Kolick went for 29 points in a game you bet the over at 6.5, correct? I didn't bet that, no. Uh, oh, no, but Tyler Kolek points, yes. I hit yes. that in the first five minutes of the yes, game. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't bet that. I, I never bet before in my life. <laughs> Tyler Kolek was fantastic doing everything, and obviously a guy who's made a big name for himself passing this year, scored almost 30 points. That's He goes on a 7-0 run in overtime. They're down uh, They're down 7 in overtime, which is unheard of to come back in, and he just go, plays defense deflection. If he doesn't foul out, I think they win this game. Give me Tyler Kolek on a Big East All-Star team any day of the week. That's your point card? Kid's incredible. He can do anything. And he's got the right motor. The right He's efficient. Um, Cam Jones is good. Oso is good. Um, Mitchell is great. Uh, oh, not Mitchell. David Joplin was great at certain times during this game. You know, I, I, I don't want, I'm not going to react to this Marquette game because I feel like they f- – if they can just clean it up without a little less fouls and don't go into double overtime, they were – Every bit as good as Providence. In this I'm going to say something and it might get some hate. I'm concerned about their defense. See, I'm not. Now, Shaka Smart, usually defensive first coach. If you look at all the efficiency ratings so far this year, he's, his offense is ahead of his defense. And I think Providence kind of picked on his defense a little bit. Well, they because they have a, you know, a Terminator on their team right now. But Ed Croswell got um, Oso a couple times. Yeah, I mean, Oso's undersized. That's the problem with Oso. He's undersized and, you know... That is, you know, they're coming into the Big East play now where you're going to face an Andama Sinogo and a uh, Joel Soriano and a Ryan Kochbrenner. And, yeah, he got exposed at certain points, but it's not like Oso didn't go get his. Oso got 15 too. And he's a mismatch for Croswell because he's more, you know, right. agile. I, I'm more worried about depth at certain times. Um, if one of those five main guys gets, you know, in foul trouble. And other than that, I... I think because Shaka encourages such handsy defense with deflections and stuff, I think that at the beginning of the year it could be a problem. But I will say, some of the Marquette fans that I was, or I was talking to, I'm not overreacting, but after last year, they lost a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because um, they were so good at the beginning of the year and they fell off. So I'm just cautious right now, but I'm not. this game did nothing to me, and if last year wasn't a thing, I wouldn't be worried. I want to see more from the defense. That's fair. You're you're a perfectionist. All right, Rainey. Our next school, right? Next place I'd rather most likely go mm-hmm. is a place that our mom and dad met. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm surprised Philadelphia is not higher on the list for you. I really like Philadelphia and to be honest, forgot about it for a minute. Um, because don't th- isn't it technically not in Philly? 
Yeah, it's on the main line right outside of Philly. Yeah, so sorry, Brendan, but you're not listening because you're a bad friend. Um, but we will be in Philadelphia in a couple weeks. Because Ryan got me tickets to go see Purdue play. And um, not to be sacrilegious, I really fell in love with Jaden Ivey last year and Trevion Williams. And I really like Purdue um, outside of Big East teams. And we are going to go see them play Penn State in Philadelphia. So I'm very excited for that. All right, let's talk Villanova. Villanova played one game this week. You've already heard us reference it. Um, they beat St. John's 78-63. So this is the first team we're talking about that actually won their game of the week. Oh, that's good. Wow. Um, good cities. Not winning to games, though. Yeah, but I the conversation for me should probably start with um, Eric Dixon and Brandon Slater. Brandon Slater. Guess how many combined points? How many? Guess. That, that, that's why I said guess. 40. 34. 34? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been the best players on that team all year long. Um, the freshman... Caleb Daniels got chipped in 13. Caleb Daniels is, was good. I thought Slater was also their best player on defense in that yeah. game. Um, Cam Whitmore was a no-show in this game. Um, and we talked about it. it. It kind of speaks to him that he can uh, get eight points, you know, almost double digits and be a no-show. Yeah, he's playable even when he's not scoring and when he can't play offense um he's playable because he rebounds really well he plays defense um he's just a very physical big body guy but yeah his offense is taking a step back from where it started in the first few games and but this is what you expect this is why i was nervous for villanova at the beginning of the year because you rely on your main guys your older guys and then you bring in the freshman to compliment because that freshman's gonna have his growing pains Mm -hmm. but when villanova fans were telling me hey you have to, you know, wait until our freshman's ready. Well, you don't rely on, you know, you don't only rely on it from freshmen. But right, like your counterpoints would be Cade Cunningham, Paolo Banquero. Sure. Um, but you're talking, yes. and But those teams, Duke had four of those guys. You know, I'm glad to see Caleb Daniels and Slater and Dixon be the leading scorers in this game. And Longino, ch- and then let Whitmore. Longino had does. a good game in this game as well. He had a couple big stops on defense, hit his shots. Five of five shooting. He had had a little trouble prior to this game, but uh, nice bounce back. I him. think we'd be remiss to t- um, if we didn't talk about that. Justin Moore is getting off shots and practicing again for Villanova. And that's a game changer. I just, I, listen, I'm going to tell you Villanova fans, I'm a Kobe fan. Kobe was much older, obviously. Just be cautious, cautiously optimistic because... That injury, you can be practicing in one step back, and they'll shut him down for the rest of the year. Um, so just be cautiously optimistic. I hope he comes back because it's good for Biggie's basketball. But does. Villanova has now won five in a row. They're trending in the right direction. I mean, tell me if you've heard of that before. Uh, normally they do it closer to the end of the year. Um, Jay Wright always says I want, we should be, need to be playing our best basketball in March. He's not worried about what they do in the early season. Well, Jay Wright is no longer there. But Kyle Neptune apparently is hot. I didn't know. <laughs> and that's how we... That's how we <laughs> I'm still in training. And Eric Dixon's really good. I really like Eric Dixon. Um, definitely has moved up into my top five bigs in the Big East. Um, he just... He's such a Villanova player. Yeah, Dixon and Slater are just unsung, you know, nitty-gritty, down-and-dirty players. I love watching them. They play basketball the right way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next place that I would like to travel to the most is somewhere that I have been quite a few times... And I very much enjoy going to Providence, Rhode Island um, to see, well, not to see the Friars, but to do. You might be the first person to ever say that. We've enjoyed going to Providence. I don't know if I've ever been to Providence. Is Newport not the same as Providence? No, Newport's. <laughs> That's bad because I live right next to it. And we've been to Newport many times. I just assume when I'm in Providence or Newport that I'm kind of like a friar. Is that? 
an honorary friar. I hope they'll let well, us Well, the good thing it. was this was up to me, and it didn't really matter if it was right or not. We're going to talk about We're going to get ragged on Twitter. Anyway, oh. let's put two and a half on the clock. All right. Providence played one game this week. You've heard about it. The double overtime thriller at the Amp against Marquette Golden Eagles. Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins, the player of the week in the Big East. Bryce Hopkins. This probably got him onto NBA draft um, boards or into consideration, at least. You're going to see more scouts at the games going forward. How pissed do you think Kentucky fans were watching this? I actually saw some Kentucky um, guys tweeting about it. I mean, 29 and 23. I mean, just numbers you don't hear about. Now, it was in double overtime. It was in double overtime, and he played 47 minutes, but the guy's been playing like 38 minutes. Take away nine minutes, you take away four rebounds, five points. You know, the turkey math there works. Yeah. So, I mean, kid was unstoppable. And Croswell was good, and Carter was good, and Bynum scored a little bit here and there, and Alan Breed knocked down a huge three at one point. I mean, this is one. My issue is that their rotation is just still too long. You had one, two, three, four, five, four players played that did not give you a point in that game. Hold on, if I can get them all four: Jaden Pierre, Corey yep. Floyd Jr., yep. Castro, yep. more. Yep. You can't have four no-shows. Okay, so I will say this. And I get it. It was 18-24. But that's 26 minutes, no points. I will say this. So Cooley, I, I love watching Cooley coach. So he started kind of playing with it because he had mismatches against Marquette because they don't have enough big men. So he ended up playing three bigs at the same time just to cause more mismatches. So at one point he had Croswell, Hopkins, and Castro. Castro all on the floor together. I wonder if that's why Castro got into the game. It didn't work too well. He only did it for a few minutes. I, and I missed this game because I was at Gamble. So, I mean, I can't. But Bryce Hopkins is first team Big East. Yes. And it's not a question. And he might have knocked Sully Boom off his transfer of the year. He might be competing for player of the year in the Big East this year. You can't. You can't guard him. You can't guard him. He's and that's six why. He's foot eight and moves like, a, he moves like Giannis. That's why uh, he had 18 foul shots is because nobody can guard him. So they yeah. have to hack him every time. If you're a Big East fan, prepare to be pissed off when you play Providence that Bryce Hopkins is getting a lot of calls. Who's the best defender in the Big East to match up against Bryce Hopkins? I don't, uh, that's really putting me on the spot without any. We talked about it earlier. Oh, well, I got one. Someone like an Andre Jackson, who's that athletic and pretty strong. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I'm thinking, how about Casey and Defo? Okay. Little. Is he fast enough? What about Arthur Kaluma? Kaluma's got the athleticism. And the body. Arthur yeah. Kaluma plays the body type. Kaluma needs to keep up his intensity. We didn't talk about this at all, but we were using a Roy Hibbert clip. Um, him making a game winner against UConn um, for our buzzer because Georgetown needs something. We could have done Dante Harris hitting the game-winning free throw two yeah. years ago. Uh, now he's playing for... Who? Dante Harris? Yeah. Virginia. Virginia. Good for him. <laughs> I'm not talking about... I, I will not talk about Georgetown outside the two and a half minutes. Yeah, that's a fair, fair right. policy. Next place I'd like to visit the most is... I will say I've had a really great time every time I've gone out there. I like Chicago a lot. Um, so let's talk You about- win Providence, Rhode Island over Chicago, Illinois. Well, you have to remember that I'm not, um, I thought Newport and Providence were like interchangeable because Rhode Island is a spec. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be someone who listens to I'm just, you win Providence, Rhode Island over one of the greatest cities in the world. Ryan, shootings, have you heard of them? All right. <laughs> Sorry, I really do like DePaul, and we have friends out there, and we've had family out there, and I really do like it, but... Uh, All right, let's talk DePaul. All right, um, the DePaul 
blue... I always want to call them the DePaul Fighting Blue Demons, but that's not right. The DePaul Blue Demons played one game this week, and they got absolutely blown out on Christmas Day. Um, not by 15 and a half points, by 15 against Creighton. Not, you know, just relevant to anybody And they didn't get 145 and a half points, they got 145. Just fun facts. Really bad beat by me. Tough parlay, guys. Um, I didn't watch this whole game because DePaul's not fun to watch. And it was Christmas. And it was Christmas. Um, DePaul doesn't play defense. Do you think, I don't really need to talk about this game much. Do you think that the schedule makers thought, because here's the thing. If your team plays on a holiday, right? So we saw when the Giants played on Thanksgiving. Sure. We all had a great time at the family thing. But when the Giants game was on, we were very much watching the game. You ideally on a holiday watch a game that you can have a passive interest in. Do you think that's why people put the ball? You think some traditionalists out there want you to spend more time with your family, less time watching back? I think that if you put too ga- good of a game on Christmas, you're not going to get the same amount of eyeballs. So on. you think they said, we need a sucky game. Let's no. put on the DePaul. We need a game in a conference that matters with a Creighton team that matters against a team they're going to beat. No, I don't think so. It's like when UConn schedules their senior day to play against DePaul. I saw a cool thing, though. This would <laughs> kind of be interesting to you. Um. Probably. They asked Stubblefield how the players felt about playing on Christmas. Because, you know, a lot of people are concerned yeah. the kids should be home. They said because they've watched the NBA their whole lives, yeah. they're really excited to play on Christmas. Good for them. That was cool. I mean, it must be like a football team playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. It was a nice, um, like, I like the spirit of that. Your Annoy came back in this game, which is great. Um, he didn't make much impact on the game. No, he shot poorly. He looked like a guy who was playing his first yeah. game. Um, Zion Cruz just continues his Jekyll and Hyde season. See our conversation about Cam Whitmore earlier. Um, with freshmen playing, you know they're getting healthy, so we're starting to see more of the finished product. I just don't know if we like if that finished product is good. And I have started to see crop up a little bit questions about the future of Stubblefield. You can't in any competent team you cannot go winless in conference, and it's looking more and more like that's a possibility. I think Georgetown's significantly better than I them. do. T- I think Georgetown is too. I just can't move them ahead in my power rankings because they haven't won a conference game. No, I get that ever. I get that. Side note, I was watching that game, this game at this house, which was our grandmother's, and watch Roy Hibbert hit that shot, and it didn't make sense because he was a center shooting a three. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> all those years later, oh. are we talking about Roy Hibbert, um, or are we talking about centers being able to shoot threes? And Roy Hibbert might have extended his career if he could have shot threes more. So that is my little plug for stretch fives. Yeah. All right, right. If I'm not mistaken, am I down to one, two, three? Am I down to four places that I can five places I can visit? I believe so. All right. Um, next most likely place I would visit. This is jaded because I would visit this place number one if I could see UConn play. So I'm gonna pick Stores, Connecticut. Right. Um, to go see the Yukon Huskies. And it's my list, so I don't give a shit what you guys think. Now, I'm going to throw out there. Stores Connecticut has a population of, like, three people. There's, like, a million yep. cows. Connecticut's, you, Stores Connecticut's personality is off of Yukon. Before they got a good basketball team, it was an agriculture school. Yep. So, um, are you a redneck? Is that confirmed? Uh, I'm fine with that, and I really enjoyed Stores And I really enjoy going up to Stores Connecticut. So, you're not going to dull my sparkle, dude. I'm trying. Not on this Monday night. All right, let's talk UConn. UConn played one game. They beat Georgetown. Um, scary hours at UConn for a little bit there. It was a collective. Again, I was there. Collective. 
hold your breath. We're going to lose. We're going to be the team that's undefeated number two in the country, and we're going to lose to Georgetown. But for me, I don't think they played that poorly in the – maybe in the five minutes after the beginning of the second half, but I thought they played fine in the first half. I think Georgetown just played really well. Georgetown's offense isn't the problem. Right. And when UConn puts up 47 in the first half, you're like, all right. Because let's be honest, if UConn puts up 47 again in the second half, they win this game 73-94 and we're not talking about it. I do think they're a little low intensity. Um, I don't think that they, you know, they quite brought it, you know. Uh, Coach Early in the huddle said, we're not, we're playing nice with them right now. We're not giving body blows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of changed in the second half. Well, late in the second half. Late in the second Well, I mean, let's talk about this. We came from a more UConn X's and O's. Um, I really like Newton, but he's not as quick as Primo. Um, and Calcaterra couldn't really guard Primo. Um, Naeem Aline couldn't really guard him. So Primo is kind of getting that step back whenever he want. And UConn put in Hassan Diara in one of the later times we've seen Hassan Diara come in and for one of the longer stretches. And if I told you Hassan Diara was the second player of the game or first with five points and two assists, he completely shut down and changed the tempo of that game where Primo was no longer able to get that shot off that he wanted. Um, and then it allowed for the heroics of Calcaterra. Yeah, Diara made a couple huge stops. Um, had a block, I think, on Primo, and then he hit a big three during that. Had um, a steal sequence. Yeah. So Hassan Diara is. And and one of the things I worried about with UConn is Newton is six seven, six six. Yeah. Newton's a big point guard. How does UConn match up against the smaller, shiftier guards? And I think we got our answer. They're going to put in Diara to play defense. I, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think a lot of guys are going to make the shots that um, Newton did. Sure. Let, but I'm talking about tournament teams, uh, not uh, the Spears big Also, let's visit Calcaterra. Uh, loud as I've heard Gamble probably since before COVID. Like, that's – and the kids weren't on campus. Well, hold on. Loud, jumping. Louder than when Villanova came to stores uh, – came to XL last year? Because that was at stores, it's or at XL, it's a little different, just the way it's structured. But Calcaterra's floater and one floater, three pointer, um, all of it all together. I just, he's a grad student, he, and you could tell he wasn't phased. So, I had just read an article um, before that saying he was having the time of his life playing for UConn before yeah. that game. You think he's having the time of his life now? I mean, th- the place was jumping in Calcaterra and. Hassan Diara really saved UConn from a big, embarrassing loss. They look like they're having fun out there. I yeah. love it. Good for them. All right. Next, most likely to visit. I think I'm, we've only been out here once, um, but I will pick Cincinnati. Okay. And I will put... Um, Good chili. Is it? Skyline chili. We went to a Reds game. The Reds suck. They don't pay their players. They've sucked for a long time. They, no, they no no no. Joey Votto, Joey Votto, Joey, Va- mean, Joey Votto's not the problem. Mike Mustakis just got cut. Um, all right, put two and a half on the clock, and we will talk about the Xavier Musketeers, who played one game this week and held on to beat Seton Hall seventy to seventy three in a game that was not this close and way closer at the exact same time. So you want to talk? You want to talk Sulu Boom? You want to talk? You want to talk a little bit Fremantle? You want to talk a little Kobe Jones? I thought Xavier was good. Um, they they looked like they should have been comfortable, and then Seton Hall made a late push. Um, it was interesting to see because Xavier is such an offensive oriented team, and then you, they played against probably the most defense oriented team in the Big East. Um, that but, was my tweet before this. The strengths of 
Xavier is their offense, and Seton Hall's strength is their defense, and the weakness of Xavier is their defense, but the weakness of Seton Hall is their offense. But I thought that uh, Xavier hung in just fine. I thought that they matched the toughness of Seton Hall on offense and were able to score plenty of points. I don't know how many did they have in the first half. It's, uh, 37. 37, so you, 74 points against Seton Hall's defense. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, I got home late to just watch the end of this. Um, Sully Boom. Um, I think hit a big shot at one point. I'm trying to go back and just... Oh, Zach Fremantle was the story of the game for yes. me. I'm, I'm just I'm recalling that now. He got them early and often on the block. I mean, he, and he's got 23 points again. And um, when you're talking about a guy who's been up and down in his college career, um, you know, Fremantle, it, it seems like he's kind of figured it out. And I'll tell you, I don't do predictions on college basketball. And here's why. I bet the under on Zach Fremantle. Yeah, because I, I thought you told me to bet it too. Casey and Defo was a really bad matchup for him, but Fremantle went right after him. Oh, I think this is—is is this the game where Kadari Richmond uh, fell at the end, um, tripped coming down the baseline? I'm not watching the very end of it because whatever. Oh, I can't even figure it out. So, but yeah, I think everything that you're saying makes sense. Um, Fremantle changes the entire game, um, and Jack Nunji and their starting five and Adam Kunkel and everything like that. So. Uh, sorry, I was trying to watch the end of this game, and Jameer Harris missed the corner three because they caught him through it to the corner. So they held on by the seat of their pants. So, <coughs> God bless you in this fine evening. Um, oops. All right, Rennykins, we are going to move on to... <coughs> now we're going down to places I've never been before. I've never been where Butler is. I've never been where Indianapolis. Is. You've been to Indianapolis. Oh, I like. I didn't know that was where. They, yeah, I was going to Indianapolis. Um, got a really the biggest beer I've ever had in my life there, um, and then slept while um, my significant other drove through there, and it was the biggest beer I've ever had in my. I life. think the only thing I ever did in Indianapolis was I went to a concert. Who'd you say? I can't remember. Oh, I mean I. It, it, may, it was kind of a small town within a big town. Which got, like, small th- town with a big town, like... Uh, Aren't there, like, three colleges in Indianapolis? Yeah, but it, didn't they do the whole tournament one year there? Because it was, like, everyone with Purdue. Well, they also have some of the best basketball culture in the world. Yeah. So, put two and a half on the clock, and we're going to talk about the Butler Bulldogs, who... I don't know how to sugarcoat it. Got smacked by Creighton. They got smacked by a rejuvenated Creighton team that had Ryan Kalkbrenner coming back. I didn't think they got smacked. I don't agree with that. They lost by 26. Yeah, but 22. What, what, what was the score at the half? They're down six. Yeah, I thought that it was pretty close and it got away from them. They in lost the, last... the second half by 16 points. It got away from them in the last 10 minutes of the game. But I thought they looked... Did those last 10 minutes count the same or less? Less. Oh my, yeah, the whole less. time? But Manny Bates looked really good. Um... <sighs> Did he? Yeah. Eight points, five rebounds. I think he looked pretty good. He got the better of Cockbrenner a couple times in the first half. Ryan Cockbrenner just had like a flesh eating disease for three years. I don't know how to respond to that, but um, I didn't think Manny Bates looked good. That's my like Manny Bates. He got him a couple times in the first. Sure, half. but Fred King might be able to get Ryan Cockbrenner a few times in practice. Look at what Cockbrenner did, and sick Cockbrenner did against Manny Bates in his first game back. Cockbrenner went for seventeen points. Um, Manny Bates. You know, only got six shots up, and Manny Bates only scored, right, did I get this? Six points. Three of six shooting, one steal, one foul, two rebounds, no blocks. Like, it wasn't even like he was fouling a lot. I mean, he was just, I didn't think that, I thought that there was a clear Manny Bates did not look like he was in the same league as Ryan Cockburner. Yes, I agree with that, but I have long said I think Ryan Cockburner is the best player in the league. 
best player in the league? Yeah. That's a hot take. Yeah, he was my player of the year. Adama Sinogo still exists. No, I think Ryan Cockburn because of what he gives you on defense. Adama Sinogo probably going to win defensive player of the year right now. He's not the defensive player of oh, the year. Oh, who is? Who is, who is Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> who is? I, you got a better argument on Klingon than uh, Sinogo. Klingon plays like, oh, we're not doing this again. <laughs> Klingon plays like 20 minutes a game. We're not giving him, not even 16. We're not giving him any awards, guys. Who else was really good for Butler in this game? Uh, the only player who was good for him was Chuck Harris. Um, and Chuck Harris was the guy that they went to in certain places to get him a bucket when they needed it. You know, the, the good news for them is they were a six six rotation a few weeks ago. Yep. And now they're up to eight or nine Oh, because Ali Ali played. And Jalen Thomas and P, uh, Pierce Thomas played. Yeah, you didn't see much from any of their subs, though. They didn't no, much. No, um, I have kind of liked what I've seen from Jalen Thomas. Um, the Green Bay transfer, he dropped... Eight points. Um, his shot is really weird looking, but it goes in. Shemus Lukosius had a really nice start to the game. He had a couple layups over. And he Kong went Brenner. three of ten shooting. Yeah, he did pretty poorly. I just, I'm I'm really concerned about Butler. I'm kind of thinking that this. Everybody's saying that this is. Uh, wait till we get healthy. I think they're clearly still like. See, for me, I think Creighton is the second best team in the league when they're healthy. Oh, I don't. And you ran into Creighton. Uh, you ran in a Creighton who looked like Creighton for the first time, partially because you ran because you played like Butler. Yeah, they just did against DePaul as well. Do we have to talk about what, what that means? We're not dissing Tony Stubblefield on the pod. Tony Stubblefield might not have a job, Sam. Anyhow, where, how many we have left? Uh, I believe we have two left. Why don't you save Creighton for the end? All right, I'll save Creighton for the end, and which means we'll talk about the Seton Hall... Um, South Orange. Seton Hall Pirates. Yeah, I don't know anything about South I've Orange. I've recently learned South Orange is awfully close to New York City. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, but we are from Connecticut, so New Jersey's not our favorite state. No, they have bad drivers. Yeah. And, Sorry. Um, Sorry, Seno. <laughs> you know, it kind of smells down there. Wow. You're just going to really go after Seno. And the New Jersey Turnpike? Come on. Um, all right, put two and a half on the clock. I thought this was Seton Hall's best game of the season at certain times. And what stinks about that is I still think that Xavier was clearly the better team. I thought that Almir Dawes, for the first time... Didn't, um, you know, some, he missed a ton of shots, but a lot of them were in the, uh, rhythm of the offense. I think that one of the revelations right now is Kadari Richmond looks like a first team, all America, big East player, Kadari Richmond. His last two games have been incredible. Yeah. I give, uh, Shaheen Holloway a lot of credit because not killing his players. No, because Kadari Richmond, I I mean, he was fantastic against Providence and he went right back to him and he put him kind of in the same situations. Kind of on him heat check, right? Yeah. For a whole game. 7 of 10. And Tyree Samuel was really good, too. 7 of uh, 11. I wonder if the thought process there is, if I'm going to win any games, I need Kadari Richmond to be good. Kadari Richmond um, is, a, I think, a former five-star recruit of, for Syracuse. I don't. I think four-star. Okay. Well, either way, he was really good at spurts last year. Um, and one of the things you worry about with him is his shooting. But he was efficient. He went 7 of 10, and he didn't try any threes. He did miss two massive free throws down the stretch. Um, which really was kind of sealed it, and he turned the ball over a few times. But offensively, he's probably your best chance to win some games. But they shot 4 of 17 from 3. Yep. They shot 23% from 3, and they don't have any 3-point shooters other than Jameer Harris, who's having a really bad year. They shot 61% from the line. Um, and all that said, though, they had a shot to win the game at the end, or tie the game at the end with Jameer Harris shooting a 3 in the you got to give him credit on that, for sure. And Shaheen Holloway, you're starting to see the culture he wants to do. We talk about that every week. Um, so, I mean, I think things are pointing in the right direction for Seton Hall this week more than they have in previous weeks. 
I think, this, I think we kind of know what their team is at this point. I don't think they're going to get significantly better this no. year. I don't either. I trust Shaheen Holloway. I am a Shaheen Holloway believer. But um, I think that it's an offensively challenged team with a coach who's not offensively minded. Yep. And could I'm, you're down to Kadari Richmond and Trey Jackson and the Davis brothers have fallen off. I really We're, like Trey Jackson. I like what Jackson's given you. Um, his really, ability. Didn't you think the Jackson brothers to start or Davis brothers to start the year were going to be? I thought Dre Davis was their best player. I thought they were going to get drafted. Through their first like five games, I think Dre Davis was the best player. Tay Davis started a game and he looked unplayable. They they both combined for seven points. You need more than that if this team needed to hit um, the ceiling they wanted to. All right, left coast pirate. You're gonna tell us how that was for Seton Hall. All right, we are moving on to our last team. Um, should we just double check? Now I'm like nervous we didn't hit all the teams, but we definitely did because we're also at that time. Um, and that is the Creighton Blue Jays. You want to put five on the clock? Talk we'll, about Creighton? we'll see how much we have to say about them. Because yeah, I don't have a ton to say about Creighton. A little other f- than they looked really good. A little free form here. They they win by a combined uh, uh, 47 point, or 37 points in um, these two games against DePaul and... Um, Seton Hall, or not Seton Hall, DePaul and Butler. So what I want to say is we finally saw this week kind of what this team is supposed to be, that you know what you're going to get from Ryan Clockburner, and then it only takes one of the other guys to have a really good game for them to look really good. Yeah. In the, against Butler, Baylor, Shireman, I thought was the best player on the court. He was fantastic. He, he um, affected every aspect of the game. And then in DePaul, Ryan, against, or Trey, Trey Alexander was by far the best player. Yeah, Trey Alexander set a new season high in the Big East he for points scored. Points, yeah, he right? had 32 points. Um, and what, he hit like five, tricky, five threes tricky, or something? Um, seven of 12. Seven threes? Yeah, seven of 12 from three. Yeah, that's probably the best shooting performance of the Big East season as well. <laughs> I mean, I just still want to talk about, and Fred King didn't play well against DePaul, and it didn't really matter. But man, the unintended consequ- or positive of Cockburner missing so much time is th- that Fred King got the minutes that he needed to be a productive player off the bench, where Creighton's biggest issue is bench play. Um, Fred King was really good in that first game. Well, let's also Butler, talk about Francisco Fer- Farabella. Farabella was really good in that second game. Well, he was also very good in the first game. He had a, a few really nice passes. He made a couple different defensive stops. Didn't score. He was good. I, I mean, I believe you. I watched most of that game, but he didn't score. So I just he didn't jump out. He had the one assist through the guy's legs. Yeah. He had the one wraparound assist to Cockbrenner. Yeah. Um, which got highlighted, which was all over Twitter after that. Listen, the health of Cockbrenner is what matters. The good thing for Creighton is it wasn't a nagging injury. You know, he's not going to break down again with Mono, hopefully, again this year. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it at all. But it, it does scare you that Creighton seems to be one sprained ankle away from being dead. Well, it's what I told you during their losing streak. They are good enough to be winning these games. Yeah. Now. I still believe somehow Ryan Cockbrenner is underrated, and I don't know how, um, you know, in his third year in the conference after winning Defensive Player of the Year last year, we're still underrating him. I think he's the best player in the league. I think he... Adama Sanonga. He affects every single shot on defense. Adama Sanonga. He, he uh, changes the way the entire team can play defense. Yeah, Adama right? Sanonga. No. Ryan Cockbrenner. Right? These guys, they can play more... Um, aggressive on the perimeter because they get beat you have ryan cockbrenner sitting in the paint waiting for him yeah i mean he doesn't do anything terrific offensively he's not like a skilled big man no. um but he puts the ball in the basket one eight of nine 
Um, he's the best lob threat in the Big East, maybe in the uh, in the country. I don't know. I can't think of anybody better. Yeah, and you're going to manage his minutes right now when he's coming back from a respiratory illness. They have a big game circled against um, UConn on January 7th. Yep. Um, and then they have another game before that against the... Do you remember? They have another game coming up real... Not real soon, but they're playing um, Seton Hall. So they're going to try to beat Seton Hall... And then they're going to be try to come into UConn and beat them in Gamble. And then we're talking about a ranked Creighton team. Again. If they beat UConn, they'll be ranked. I don't – it'll be a tough game. Uh, other than that, I don't have – I mean, I really enjoyed watching Trey Alexander. We like Trey Alexander a lot. Um, I really enjoyed watching him light up the next Yeah, game. it's just, you know, next game you want to see Nemhard be the one that stands out. The following game you want to be Kaluma. And I think that they can win a lot of games yeah. with that formula. All right. So that's our – Creighton. All right, and I have the questions up. I'm what? I'm going to read them. No, I need to read them in an accent. Though. No, we don't want you to do an accent, so I will People be People listen to our podcast more than ever last week, and you're going to go away from a winning formula? People hate your accent. They told uh, me. They I... DM'd me. All right. If the Big East were to expand to 12 to 14 teams, which schools would you add? So we're at 11, so he wants to know one to three teams. Uh, I did see people also talking about UConn leaving. Everything that I've, because we're really in tune with UConn, seems like the AD is toying with something with football. And I don't know if you can do a split conference, football for here and basketball. I think you can. But I, I think UConn is well aware of where their money is made, and that's in basketball. And those rivalries, I do not think UConn is looking to leave. I could have egg on my face. Um, the talk has always been Gonzaga. I hate that. Nope. I hate the idea of adding a team in that is all the way across the country. Um, college basketball is supposed to be regionalized. Um, to add another team in is just like making an all-star division. Yep. Um, but, you know, what I'd love to see is go back to the traditional Big East and bring back a Syracuse and a Pitt um, and a Louisville and do that. But I know, but you know, they made their decision to make it in football, and it's kind of nice to see them struggle. I agree. I think your number one priority has to be Syracuse. The ACC is not a you know the best conference because they don't have that football, um, and Syracuse is a basketball first program. So I think that that's your best case. And then after that, you're looking at Boston College, who's been really bad for a long time. Pitt, who's been bad. Um, Rutgers, you're not going to get them away from the Big Ten. No, and you should. I mean, yeah. So I, I'd love to see them try to take a pick. I think back if you got Syracuse, Syracuse, if you had Syracuse, Georgetown, UConn, Villanova as the top brands in your conference. Well, Syracuse. What did you say? Syracuse, Georgetown is like still the third yeah. highest ranked game last year, and they still sell like the top ten merchandise in the country. Stupid, because Syracuse is a brand, and Jim Beheim killed the guy. All right, next question. Most disappointing team in the Big East this year. Okay, so I'm going to give two because I read this question earlier. One is based on expectations and one is just Georgetown's the most disappointing team to me. Came in with a ton of talent. You stink again. The big, the biggest disappointment, though, of a Big East team, it's the Johnnies. Uh, the Johnnies are 11-2 and two, and that could fool a lot of people. And I don't think anything's changed from last year. They got, got played two real opponents and they're 0-2 against those real opponents. Yeah, I I like both of those picks. I think those would both probably be my picks. Um, you could pick Seton Hall, the Davis brothers, and uh, yeah. But you almost feel Shaheen Holloway knew that he was gonna have a year like this. Yeah, um, you could talk Villanova. 
could talk Villanova, but you, their product's just so unfinished right now that you have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah, to this point, I'm going Georgetown because yeah. they look like they haven't changed. Nothing's changed. Yep, agreed. All right, what is the future for Seton Hall and the Big East? They're staying in the Big East, I think. That, that's the question. You're going to see a tough rebuild. Um, think UConn, except without the brand appeal of UConn. Um, where you're not going to be able to, you know, Hurley, Hurley's first year, UConn wins under 500. Um, you know, and they built and they built and they built. Um, you know, Holloway's not going to bring in the best players because he's going to be looking for his type of players. Right yeah, now. but I think Holloway is can recruit. I think I do too. I think kids are going to want to play for I Holloway and he knows New York City. But my issue is you're not going to bring in a freshman who's going to fix this. No, you're gonna be you're gonna be looking to develop players, He's gonna build a and you're, but you're gonna miss on sometimes when you develop. Players. I'll tell you, my I'm really excited to see where Seton Hall goes under Shaheen Holloway. Yeah, I, I mean the only issue is, and this is a destination job for Holloway. Remember, this is where Holloway wants to be for probably the, you know, if Holloway has it his way, maybe the rest of his career. So he's not gonna take the easy way out. All right, let's do a little lightning round to finish up some of these questions. We got a lot. And we're very grateful for that. But Ryan um, wants to get out of here. Do you remember the hack shack strategy? Will teams start fouling Sonogo? Uh, you never see that in college basketball. Sonogo also shot 70% from the line last year. He does look bad this year, though, from the line. I think, no, you only get five fouls, not six. Uh, you might see with Klingon, though. As Klingon gets closer to the hoop, Klingon shooting poorly. Biggie City with the best chili. Never eaten chili in my life. It's Zave, It's uh, Cincinnati for the Skyline Chili. That's the second time we've talked about chili yeah, on this episode. Yeah, he's fishing. Um, after Villanova goes 0-2 this week, what will they have to do to get out of the bubble? Just ignore the first part of that question. Villanova is on the bubble already as we stand. Um, I think that Villanova needs to split. They're going to play six games. Two against Xavier, two against Creighton, two against UConn. They need to go 3-3 three and three in those six. I think if they can beat UConn at home, they're on the um, probably in. On the road. If they beat Odoma on the road, they're definitely oh. in. If they can beat them at home, they're probably in. And then if they can beat... And then even if they get swept by UConn, if they can beat Xavier and Creighton three out of four, I think they're... Villanova's a quad three right now if you play them at your home. That's terrible for the Yeah, but they've won five in a row. I know, it's just terrible for the Big East, so root for them to win when they're not playing your team. What does Seton Hall have to do to put themselves on the bubble? Restart the season. Beat UConn. Sweep UConn. Sweep UConn and sweep Creighton. All right. That wraps up our mailbag portion of the show. All right. Uh, boys and girls and children of all ages, we are out of here with the week seven of the Biggest Barroom. Um, we're very excited to go into this new year. We have some tentative, exciting things to talk about, um, which we obviously are not going to announce right now. But um, we have some people we've connected with that we're really excited to talk to. Um, keep interacting, throw in those mailbag questions, whatever you have to do. Um, we really do appreciate the listeners and uh, the interactions. Love you guys. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday, and thank you for tuning in and pulling up the school. Have a fantastic rest of your whatever day you're listening to this.